0: Welcome to Rapture, a Bioshock Lorecast, where people of the Bioshock fandom can come together to experience life beyond the sea. So buckle into your bathysphere, ready your plasmids, and let's dive in as we explore the history and lore of the Bioshock series. Welcome to Rapture, a Bioshock Lorecast. This week, we will t- be talking about the enemy of Andrew Ryan, none other than Frank Fontaine Atlas. We're going to go over what drove him to decide to go against the man who started the entire city. We're going to go over why he decided to bring a death to the city itself. So sit back and enjoy the show. Frank Fontaine. Frank Fontaine was a common criminal mastermind and the enemy of Andrew Ryan, as well as the leader of the opposition in the power struggle that leads Rapture to ruins. Fontaine, when he was younger, lived in an orphanage at an early age, but ran away and found a job as a stage boy in a Udaville theater. His three years of working in the theater made a lasting impression of how to influence the audience through acting and costumes. Frank was his first name. He used different last names throughout his life, including Gorland, Morris, Winston, Mosowitz, and Wang. Only a few people knew his actual last name, one of them included being Reggie, a bruiser from the Bronx, who knew Fontaine from the old days. At one point, Fontaine was investigated by the FBI in an effort to connect him to an interstate book marketing operation. Fontaine switched his last name to Gorland, even going as far as forging a birth certificate to support his new identity. Frank then moved to New York, setting up a book marketing business which operated out of the basement of a drugstore he owned. In 1946, Frank conned a bar owner named Harve Morton into signing a contract with Hudson Loans to pay off gambling debts. When Martin failed to pay the interest on the loan, Frank gained ownership of the bar named The Clanger. Frank wanted the bar because it was lucrative business and it was a perfect place to overhear rumors about boxing bets in the city. This gave Frank an added edge to his graphs. Soon after he started bartending at the clanger, he overheard two gangsters talking about a plan to set up an up-and-coming boxer still to lose a fixed fight for a betting play- payoff using the name Loco Frabaki. Fabrocki? Frank snuck in to talk to Steele before the fight and tricked the boxer into thinking that the mobsters' plans had changed. Steele then surprised the mobsters by winning, causing a huge playoff for Frank, with all bets set for Steele to lose. While working at the bar, Frank met with an FBI agent named Voss, who had been involved in the interstate bookmarking investigation. Voss threatened to do a deep investigation into Frank's background, if the grifter didn't help him by obtaining information, Boss was trying to find details about Andrew Ryan's North Atlantic project and wanted Frank to tip him off with anything that might, he might overhear at his bar. The mention of Ryan's wealth being poured into this project gained Frank's interest. He saw it as an opportunity for a potentially lucrative gift. Several days later, Gorland spoke to a drunken woman in his bar who claimed that her man Irving had died under mysterious circumstances while doing deep sea construction work for Ryan. Tipped him off about the involvement of Ryan's business, Seaworthy Construction. Days later, Gorland followed, followed a pair of sailors down to Ryan's ship, the Olympian, in the dock destruction district. Gorland trailed deckhand as he was leaving and accosted him pretending to be a federal agent. The frightened man revealed that Ryan's workers were laying the foundations for a city under the ocean. Investigating further, Forland pretended to be a delivery man named Bill Foster bringing a shipment of canned goods to the seaworthy construction warehouse. The rate warehouse manager there gave him more details about Ryan's project. Hoping to gain more information, Roland hired Reggie as extra muscle to help him interrogate Harve Merton. Under pressure, Merton tipped Gorland off about a smuggler named Frank Fontaine who was supplying Ryan's workers with fish. This Fontaine was the owner of Fontaine's Fisheries, a fishing fleet known for smuggling goods from Columbia to the United States. Gorland arranged a meeting with Fontaine at the bar on Staten Island. At the meeting, Gorland had convinced the smuggler that Agent Voss was planning to frame him for smuggling drugs and had already drawn up a warrant for his arrest. This frightened Fontaine enough that he was willing to sell Gorland his fleet in exchange for enough money to retire safely to Columbia. Two nights later, Gorlin met Fontaine on one of his former boats for a final payment, though Gorlin had no intention of paying. Having already fired all Fontaine's old crew, and with no one present as a witness except for his loyal helmsman, Gorlin subdued Fontaine and dumped him over the side, drowning him. From there on, Frank Gorlin assumed the smuggler's identity as his own, becoming Frank Fontaine. The new Frank Fontaine began sending flattering letters to Ryan with each shipment of fish his men delivered to Rapture. In these letters, he claimed to admire Ryan's ideals and asked to be allowed down in the city so that he could set up a fishing business with a fleet of modified submarines. In truth, Fontaine saw Ryan's society as a perfect opportunity for a long con with a big payoff. In 1948, Ryan accepted Fontaine's request and had Chief of Security Sullivan meet Fontaine in a boat to invite him down to the city. Fontaine brought some loyal men down with him, including Reggie and his first mate, Peach Wilkins. Fontaine arrived in Rapture sometime in 1948. He soon expanded his income by creating a smuggling ring to bring high-demand contraband items into Rapture. Fontaine loved nothing more than the power of good graft. He regularly disguised himself with various false identities to carry out crimes such which would otherwise fail. Once disguised, he mentioned to Jack after Ryan he is killed. Hell, once I was even a, chi- a China man for six months. Although he never spliced before the events of Bioshock, he admitted at one point he had used cocaine and heroin. In a chance Encounter in Fontaine's fishing dock of, in Port Neptune, Bridge Tenenbaum observed the result of a sea slug's venom upon an injured hand of a worker. The last sea, sea slug produced raw atom, a substance miraculous medical properties. Tenenbaum went to Fontaine with a proposal that he fund research on the slugs, and he quickly saw the business possibilities of the endeavor.
1: Spent the morning jawing with that Kraut scientist. She's damaged goods, alright. Just like all those chumps they scraped out of them prison camps. But she's no crackpot. She's gonna make me the kind of scratch that'll have Ryan look like he's running a paper route. She just needs some supplies to get the ball rolling, and a friend to watch her back.
0: Fontaine set up an atom business Fontaine Futuristics, employing Tenenbaum and Shou Chong to research and development pa- plasmids and gene tonics. Tenenbaum informed Fontaine that they required little girls to mass-produce atoms. Fontaine created the Little Sisters Orphanage, a charity which was a font front to get parents to willingly give their children, who would be turned into little sisters, to generate Adam. Taking inspiration from Sophia Lamb's appeal to the lower class, Fontaine's created Fontaine's Home for the Poor, which provided to, for the destitute and rapture-free market society.
1: These sad saps. They come to Rapture thinking they're going to be captains of industry. But they all forget that somebody's got to scrub the toilets. What an angle they gave me. I hand these mugs a carton, a bowl of soup, and they give me their lives. Who needs an army when I got Fontaine's home for the poor?
0: Fontaine used these charity angles to boost his public image to oppose to Ryan's, while at the same time using the unfortunates for medical research. Andrew Ryan at first observed Fontaine's rise to Paris proved an opportunity for determined men to better themselves, exactly the purpose on which Rapture was built. Even when Fontaine's empire began to compete with his own. He, he merely admonished Fontaine's detractors who complained of Adam's side effects to offer a better product. When Ryan discovered the criminal arm of Fontaine's enterprise, he saw Fontaine's smuggling operation as a serious threat to Rapture, as such activity might reveal the city's location to the surface dwellers. Ryan instructed Chief of Security Sullivan to put an end to the smuggling employing increasing severe measures to improve the connection to Fontaine. Facing growing pressure from Ryan, Fontaine engineered as his backup plan an elaborate scheme to take control true Rapture. Secretly acquiring the unborn son of Ryan, he instructed Xun Chong to artificially age, brainwash, and train the child, creating an obscene assassin, whom he sent to the surface as a sleeper agent. On September 12, 1958, Fontaine was apparently killed in a shootout with Ryan's men. He faked his death, allowing Fontaine to escape punishment from his crimes and giving Ryan and Rapture false hope that their enemy was dead. Fontaine emerged as Atlas, a fisherman, a hero, and a family man, his original voice now covered by a heavily Irish accent. Atlas characteristically charmed the masses pretending to be a humble freedom fighter and by handing out supplies to the poor, telling the disillude that they wanted to hear. He channeled the growing discontent of the poor citizens setting the stage for the Civil War, which would soon tear Rapture apart. Atlas rebuilt his army of Splicers and released mayhem and destruction upon Rapture, terrorizing the populace, disrupting Rapture's economy, and forcing Ryan to take drastic measures. Even without Fontaine Futuristics, Fontaine still managed to produce sought-after plasmids, some in his illegal production lab hidden behind Joe's Green Groceries in Siren's Alley. Open for a victory in seizing control of Rapture, Atlas eventually found himself trapped with Ryan controlling the bathospheres and all the splicers through the pheromone control system. With no other way out, Atlas activated his sleeper agent, Jack. As Atlas, when Ryan nationalized Fontaine's futuristic, he protested against him in front of citizens. With Fontaine declared dead by Rapture Council, Atlas used the poorhouses left behind, such as Fontaine's Home for the Poor, to recruit dis- disillusioned citizens and build much-needed much supporters against Ryan. Making Hesta chambers in, a, in Apollo Square their headquarters, Atlas follows, followers gathered weapons, plasmids, and gene tonics to arm themselves. This did not go unnoticed by Ryan, who had Atlas and some of his close followers sent to Fontaine's department store, which had been converted into a prison to house the remainder of Fontaine's army. Ryan hoped that this would put an end to the tension that had been created, but Atlas escaped on New Year's Eve, bringing with him Spicers, whom he had gained allies while in prison. This action was officially started the Civil War in 1958, New Year's Eve, right, and the terrorist bombing of the party at the Kashmir Restaurant, where many of the important wealthy people in Rapture had gathered for a masquerade ball. As the conflict escalated through the 1959, more people joined Atlas's cause including Ryan's ex-lover, Diane McClicktock. Raiding parties attacked big daddies to kill little sisters for the atom, seized weapons, caused many casualties, and disrupted Rapture's economy. The rebels had the goal of taking power and gaining control over Rapture. To contain the rebels, Ryan gave order to isolate Atlas supporters in Apollo Square, transforming the, dist- the district into a prison Enclosed by a large gate, defended by his forces, the Rapture City had agreed to introduce the death penalty to Rapture for smuggling, which caused some people in Ryan's ranks to reconsider their support in the conflict, including security chief Sullivan. Desperate arms race with the rebels' numerous slicers, Ryan was forced to use more and more security measures, and eventually restricting most public transportation to the city to an attempt to block movement of atlas followers even the increased policies ryan resorted to were not enough to snuff out the rebellion and the public order in the city continued to degenerate in the end ryan used the plan left to him by the late dr Modifying Ryan Industry Plasmids line to make splicers vulnerable to mental suggestions through pheromones. With much of his splicer army now neutralized, Atlas and his few remaining unspliced rebels went to hiding in the ruined city, unable to escape rapture with the Bathospheres locked down since early in the war. In the beginning of Bioshock, Atlas is allegedly trying to escape the city with his family. When the plane crash occurs near the lighthouse above Rapture, one of Atlas' followers, Johnny, tries to reach the survivor of the accident, Jack, who had descended in the bathosphere. When Johnny is killed by a female splicer, the bathosphere is severely damaged. Atlas helps Jack buy a short wave radio and guides him through the District of Rapture. He wants Jack to help him rescue his wife Mora and his infant son Patrick, who was trapped in the city. Atlas states that he had come to Rapture in search of a better life, like many among the working class, but now feels as if God's punishing him for bringing her and Patrick to this place.
1: Never play a man for the short con when you can play him for the long one. Atlas is the longest con of all. Ryan wanted Frank Fontaine dead. I just gave him what he wanted. As Atlas, I got a new face, a clean record, and a fresh start. Now, it's time to take back Rapture. They'll be so pleased. Oh, Mrs. McClintock! What are you doing here? Let me just...
0: What do you think about atlas trying to take over what do you think about fontaine faking his death to rise as as atlas throughout rapture do you think ryan should have put a stop to him sooner do you think fontaine slash atlas had the right thing in mind but didn't do it the way he should have would love to hear your thoughts this has been Rapture, a Bioshock Lorecast. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as we go along our journey into the history of the lore for the Bioshock series. Let us know who you would like us to go over. Also, would you kindly leave us a review and follow us on our new Twitter at Alorecast. And also, join us for the next episode.